Hello there. Welcome to A Certain Point of View. I'm Michael Hoover, joined today by my co-hosts, Josh Mesker and the long-lost Drew Miller. What's up, everybody? Somehow, Drew Miller returned. <laughs> Josh, how are you, man? I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, still thinking about our... Still thinking about our Canto Bite episode that we recorded recently, and uh, I'm going to repost it because it didn't stir up the amount of controversy I wanted. I was just very disappointed with the lack of controversy that it stirred, and so I'm going to take another, I'm going to post it this time and see if I can get some some more stirred up, you know? (laughs) You, yeah, you should do that. Although I just wonder if we were just too reasonable. Or maybe people were just like, I don't want to listen to an episode about Canto Bite. <laughs> I, was, I was about to fire it up today and something came up. I'm going to listen to it tomorrow. I've got some projects to work on. It's going to be right there. But hey, if you throw it on YouTube, there is not a better place to gather rational feedback and comments. I think that's the just a perfect idea because there's never anybody bad on YouTube. <laughs> You guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Really, we just wanted to get together and talk a little bit about what the the future, the next year and a half or so of Star Wars has for us. We have a bunch of stuff coming out, uh, you know, even starting really soon here in September uh, with Star Wars Visions. And then we got several other things coming out through 2022. And even beyond that, there's other things planned. And it's just this exciting time to be a Star Wars fan and um, Drew, I want to start with you because it's been a while since we've gotten to talk. How have you gotten to, first of all, let's just talk about a little bit of what we're most excited about. But I did want to specifically ask you, were, did you watch the Star Wars Visions trailer? I did. And I think I'm a good person to ask here because I've never really watched any anime. Um, I have nothing but respect for it. I just never really got around to watching any of it. I'm any of it i'm sure i would enjoy it i've watched a few movies and shows that are slightly anime-ish art but i never really dove into anything and when they announced they were doing star wars stories that are told via anime style animation i said okay that's gonna be pretty cool and then i watched the trailer and i was really really uh blown away i know they said taken aback that sounds bad but i was blown away by how fantastic it looks and it's gonna be original just you know very serious and i think maybe some fun stories in a unique style of animation and storytelling that i'm unfamiliar with so for those reasons i am very much intrigued and ready for that show and i forgot that it was coming in september so that's sooner than i thought and i'm very excited yeah man i'm really excited about it some of it looks pretty weird like there's like a rock opera one (laughs) that looks like it's it looks almost like a halftime show at the Boonta Eve classic kind of a thing um but that's what it looks like and I'm actually really excited about that even though it seems really bizarre but like Josh what did you think did you get to watch that trailer I did and I'm all about the weird so I am really looking forward to it yeah I'm really looking forward to it um I do like anime. I don't watch it on the regular, but there are some Japanese animated films that I really, really love and rank for me as high as um, a lot of the classic Disney and Pixar movies um, in my animated film 
rankings. Um, I have a few few anime films uh, that rank way up there with some of the best American animated movies. Uh, and so I'm really looking forward to it. And on top of that, too, you know, Star Wars, mystically speaking, is inspired a lot by uh, Eastern religion and mythology in the first place. And so it actually is a perfect pairing, in my opinion, to to approach Japanese anime filmmakers and say, what do you love about Star Wars? What inspires you about Star Wars? If you could make a short film about Star Wars, what would you do? Um, and what would the characters be? What would the plot look like? And all those things. I think it is just a really great pairing considering... Um, where Star Wars comes from and some inspirations that George Lucas um, uh, had for Star Wars. Because it wasn't just Flash Gordon, uh, Saturday morning serial action shows, um, though that was part of it. It was also, especially as you got into the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, um, and we learned more about the Force, um, there was certainly a... There's a, really, there's a strong uh, Buddhist influence on Star Wars. And so um, I think that that is, uh, like I said, I think that's just a natural, natural pairing, Japanese anime and Star Wars, and I cannot wait. So I agree. It, it, some of them definitely look like they were literally made for me. Like that I can't, the, the one that I just can't get out of my head is the one that's like all black and white except for the sabers. And it's like this charcoal, almost like this. I, I don't even know what the right word is. Like I'm trying to think of the, the technical term for it, but it is, it looks so beautiful. And the, the way that they are showing the action in that specific scene where he like stops, like he stops the lightsaber with the force with his hands. It's just like, I, I need that one now. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm very excited about it. And I'm also excited about the weird ones and the bizarre ones, like the bunny, the, the, the Jedi bunny. I'm so here for a Jedi bunny. I don't know. I didn't know I needed that, but I totally do. Um, and, and what's really cool is they're releasing it in with an American dubbed voice cast, but also in, uh, they're also releasing it in Japanese. Uh, so, so the people who want to watch it that way can, uh, and I know a lot of, anime purists are excited about that option i will be watching the dubbed one because i'm a noob but um and honestly the voice cast that they have for the american dubbed one is really very very good have y'all heard any of the voice cast for this no but share because no. i love it i love voice I, I have it in front of me so lucy Liu, Ooh. joseph joseph gordon levitt my dude bobby moynihan tamira morrison as boba fett Shelby Young, uh, Mark Thompson from the audiobooks. Um, he's very, oh, very good. Um, yes, yeah. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris, Doogie Howser is going to be in the show. Awesome. Yep. Uh, so and Barney Stinson, yes, yes. Um, Allison Brie from Community, yeah. Um, Simu Liu, uh, I guess uh, Liu or Liu, uh, that is, uh, Shang Chi, Shang Chi, which I'm very excited about. I am going to see that this week. Um, 
<laughs> Drew, are you going to? <laughs> if, if I can, the nearest theater is like 30 miles from here. But if they have an early enough showing, I am. I've been looking. For, yep. I've been looking. So I'm wanting to go. Yes. Yep. Dude, I'm so pumped for it. Um, and you got there's more too. Kyle Chandler, um, Friday Night Lights, Texas, Clear forever. Eyes, Full Heart, Can't Lose. Um, uh, <laughs> David Harbor is also in this. Henry Golding and George Takai, and then there's a bunch of others that I I I know they're like a big deal, but I didn't personally recognize the names of them. But man, I, that's just some of the cast, and that's pretty insane. So I'm very excited about this whole star wars visions thing way more than i actually thought i would be but when that trailer happened i'm in (laughs) man you gotta you gotta Uh, what do you think about all that you have a star wars you have a star trek cast member an og star trek cast member crossing over yep that is uh yep that's wild i did not realize that he was he was doing that that is that is something else no it's a great cast i'm looking through it too and i'm just I'm really impressed and I hadn't had a chance to see the voice cast yet. Um, but I, I loved the trailer, like I said, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be different, you know, kind of along the lines of Marvel's what if what they're doing is, you know, star Wars visions is yep. the star Wars version of, of that. And um, it just looks gorgeous. I don't know what else to say about it other than I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So I think Tamara Morrison's going to have voice work and uh, cast work as Boba Fett for a long, <laughs> a long time. It seems I, I love to see that he's had a renaissance essentially with that character after so many, after so many years. Um, and what's cool too is that you know last time he played Jango Fett, so. Now he's playing Boba Fett and it, and it makes, and it makes total sense. Um, and so that's just, that's just great. It's just great that they decided to, you know, these Japanese animated filmmakers decided to use him for one of their, uh, or I guess the English dub cast anyway, you know, they decided to cast him. but you know, I may watch it. I may right. watch it. Uh, I may watch both versions because I'd like to hear it in its original Japanese too, with the subtitles, <laughs> but then also hear the hear the voice casting. So, yeah, um, and, and you know, I mean, Morrison could also play other clones that we could possibly see. Um, I don't know. We might see one day Rex. We might see Cody. We might see, I don't know. There's so many options we could see and, and he could play them all. I mean, I guess it just depends. Um, I guess it just depends on how good of an actor he really is. I don't really know. Um, I don't know his range. But um, but anyway, speaking of him, we got the book of Boba Fett. It has finished filming. It is coming out in December. Woo. And listen, I don't know if y'all, I don't know if y'all heard this quote from the man himself, uh, the, uh, oh my goodness, Robert Rodriguez. He said this about the show. He said, I can't say anything about it all right now, but it's coming out in December. Wait until you see what's coming. It's going to blow your mind. That's all I can say. I can talk it up all I want because I know it over delivers it way over delivers. (laughs) People are going to be so pumped when they see it. (laughs) Yep. I've got the goose flesh from hearing that and being excited. 
I don't know if I've ever heard someone so confident in their in their work. <laughs> well, and then of course, and then of course, Disney, Disney is like, oh, please don't oversell this. Please don't oversell this. You know, like expectations can be so this- through the roof that unless it's like, you know, the second coming, yeah. people are going to be disappointed. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. It's Boba Fett. I'm just telling you, all he has to do is shoot his knee rocket and everybody will love the episode like that's And then everything else is just bonus. Like, like this is so easy. It's amazing that they didn't do this sooner. Um, but uh, I am Josh. I know you remember Drew. You might remember uh, you might remember as well. But I mean, guys, I haven't been all that into seeing a Boba Fett show like you know, I would have, if you would have told me two years ago that there was going to be a Boba Fett show, I would have been like, and like, who cares? <laughs> like, I don't care. Boba Fett's cool. And that's all season two of the Mandalorian. Literally it, they really did make a believer out of me. Like I, I am not as excited for Boba Fett as I am other shows, but I am very very excited to get some boba fett action and uh, it this is one of those star wars things that you know we've talked about how there's different flavors of star wars um i know that i tend to like you know the the star wars that makes you think and the you know the out of left field stuff that that is like whoa what was that and um that that's what i love and that's that's really what keeps me coming back either that or just the emotionally deep stuff too um, but you know what I also like? Knee rockets <laughs> and jetpacks. <laughs> you also like the charges. weird stuff in Star Wars. <laughs> and seismic charges. I, I just I like I like this. I, I'm very, very excited about Boba Fett. I like all of this stuff in Star Wars. So the fact that we're getting like we're getting the potentially really weird stuff with acolyte. I think there's going to be some darkness there. I think there's going to be some, some really cool force stuff in that we're getting the emotion. I I just envisioning Obi-Wan Kenobi like wrecking my heart. Uh, So we're getting that emotional, you know, force stuff and, and seeing how Obi-Wan is dealing with his failure. You know, I like that stuff. Um, And then we get to see knee rockets. And so I'm just, <laughs> um, I mean, it's all there and I'm happy about it. It's a full course meal as far as I'm concerned, but Drew, where are you excitement level on Boba Fett? I, I know you're excited, but like it, you have to be more excited than even me. You know that I've always been a big Boba Fett defender. And I recall conversations with you when I first, you know, was involved with the group and a little bit on the podcast talking about Boba Fett and, yeah, you thought it was cool, but do we really need the content? And I agreed with you to a certain extent because I got it. But then when Mando season two hits, I mean, when it hit, oh my goodness. Like I said, the Boba Fett believers were born. Boba Fett believers born. Say that five times fast. Just kidding. We're not going to do that tonight. Um, it is my number two most anticipated project uh, coming up. And I just did the ranking real quick on my head, but I've only got one, two, and three. So don't ask me if you're any more, please. <laughs> Obi-Wan being the first one, the Kenobi series, but uh, it's going to bring back some really cool aspects, pardon me, of Star Wars that people love, such as the weird stuff that I know I've had conversations with you 
that you like the weird stuff in Star Wars, and I do as well. We're going to get that. One of the weirder scenes and acts in all of the Skywalker saga is Jabba's Palace. And that's literally the location they use to tease and introduce the Book of Boba Fett is Jabba's Palace. So you know you're going to see some weird stuff there, okay? The criminal underworld and all the things thereof is another fan favorite part of Star Wars. And how can this show not dive heavy into that stuff and go back to some familiar places and characters that we've that we know like bosk and dengar and uh ig88 and all that stuff um dude you are just you're just pumping me up man <laughs> dude, I, i'm i'm re- like i said i'm really excited and the fact that you know tamara morrison is at a point where he can play this and it'd be very believable and he's still age appropriate for the character you know as, as far as we know um that's incredible this show i I'm wondering if it's going to be around the timeline of the Mandalorian and fill in that gap, or if it's just going to be return of the Jedi up to that point. I'm, I'm not really sure they could do it either way or 50 50. And I think the fans should be, and will be very, very pleased with that. So like I said, it's my number two most anticipated project. I think Robert Rodriguez and the team are going to kill it. And if you've not really heard Boba Fett's new theme that they introduced in Mando season two, it is very fun, and I think it's cooler than his old original theme uh, that most people aren't that familiar with. So um, there you go. Dun, 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 dun. And it's got <laughs> that like wow weird thing in the background too. That's gonna yeah. sound great on the podcast. I just know it. Wow, wow. <laughs> Josh, what about you, dude? How are you? How, where's your excitement level on this? I mean, it's pretty high, and I it's going to be a good, um, since, you know, we've got to wait a little bit longer for Mandalorian Season 3, um, I'm excited that this is coming before that much sooner, because now we're used to seeing uh, new episodes of a Star Wars show around Christmas time. We're used to that now, and so I don't care what show it is, <laughs> you know, I just... I just want there to be something every Christmas because it's like a it's a present. It's like a gift all for me. And so, uh, (laughs) you know, and and on top of that, too, I think I I remember reading and I'm not sure if this is still going to be the case, but I think there's going to be at least some kind of crossover between the book of Boba Fett and and the Mandalorian. Um, So so we'll see. But um Regardless, you know, the Book of Boba Fett opens, that teaser was just a perfect uh, jumping off point at the end of season two of The Mandalorian, Um, just the perfect jumping off point. And they, you know, we'd never have to see Din or Grogu or any other characters that were introduced in The Mandalorian if we didn't have to, because going back to Tatooine and... Jabba's palace and kind of giving us that vibe as, um, as it's been said about that kind of criminal element and underworld and the bounty hunter world and gangsters and smugglers. There's so much rich content there to, to mine. And, uh, and Drew, 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 Drew says thick Fortuna. Yes. R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Thick Fortuna. We barely knew you. 
so I'm 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 really excited about it. I would I would say <laughs> I I would say that as far as my excitement level, I'm just I'm just excited to see uh, more Star Wars, um, kind of in the vibe of the Mandalorian. Um, I just like that Western motif and uh, just really enjoy it. I think I'm definitely still the most excited about Kenobi, uh, shortly followed by Andor, just because I really like that era within the Star Wars timeline. Um, So I'm definitely excited about Andor, and I love that character as well. And then, uh, you know, I I expect the Andor series to be must-watch before you watch Rogue One and before you watch A New Hope. So you're going to have this, you're going to have Andor, Rogue One, and A New Hope bunched together as like this, this package story, essentially. And I, I really think that that's, that's super neat. Um, so, uh, and Ahsoka, obviously, and I want to see too. And and I need to watch Rebels and the Clone Wars. I realize that, but <laughs> but we don't have to get into that right yes, now. Do. We don't have to get into the the hazing. <laughs> We've done that enough. Huh? <laughs> I'm just going to give you a judgmental look. Yeah, that's okay. yeah. Well, that's, this that's is a it. podcast. Um, this is a podcast. I they saw it, and that's good your, enough. Okay, you can't see your. Hey, I was late to Rebels and Clone Wars too, but. It is a rich experience that you'll love. Oh, me too. I was very late to both of them. So I'm, I'm Josh. I'm, I'm just so excited for you to watch through them, dude. You're missing out on so much. I know I am. I realize that. Also one more note about book of Boba Fett. I don't know if you guys heard, did you guys see the list of directors that, that are, that are going to be working with the show? So on top of Robert Rodriguez, he is he's obviously going to do at least some of it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, and um, uh, Howard uh, Bryce Dallas Howard are all confirmed that they will also be directing episodes. So they definitely seem to be doing a like a core director team for these two shows together, um, which is exciting. I think I think that's good because I think they all really fit. I think they all really fit the style. I really liked the uh, the Mando action that Bryce Dallas Howard used in the uh, the episode where Bo Katan was introduced to the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. and then obviously Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> Robert Rodriguez, his work spoke for itself in his episode with Boba, uh, and then I mean John Favreau. I one of my favorite episodes of The Mandalorian. Not a lot of people agree with me, but one of my favorite episodes of The Mandalorian is The Marshal, uh, which is the first episode of season two, and it is, it is so well directed, and I I love his take on on all this stuff, and um, so just knowing that they will be just directing the episode, and Dave Filoni too. I mean, Dave Filoni is just getting better and better. Like the the jump in quality between episode five of season one and episode five of season two <laughs> is kind of insane. Um, he's just getting better and better. So I'm very excited, but moving on, we got to talk about the next one that, well, at least hopefully the next one, I don't know the order from here on out. They could shuffle it up a little bit. We don't know a confirmed order yet. 
I'm just going to say that I hope the next one coming out is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, you guys, this one I am ludicrously excited about. Showrunner is Deborah Chow, who directed The Sin, I believe. And she directed the... Uh, which was episode three of season one of The Mandalorian. And then she directed the penultimate episode as well, I believe, in season one. Uh, very, very strong directing in both of those episodes. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I'm extremely excited to see her work uh, in, in Obi-Wan Kenobi. And guys, this show... I just, I honestly, I can't believe we're getting this show. Like the cast that we're getting with it, we're lit. We are getting Ewan McGregor back as Obi-Wan Kenobi. And that would be enough for me. Like if it was just Obi-Wan and then a bunch of new people, that'd be fine. But it's not, we got, we got Hayden Christensen coming back and I can't believe it. We're you could getting... stop the list there and it's perfect. I mean, honestly, even after the first one. Right. <laughs> and then we're getting definitely the uh, I, and I can't I'm sorry, I, I'm really bad with with uh, with these names. The the guy that played the the people that played um, Owen and Baru in uh, in the, the prequels. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very Joel Edgerton. Uh, very Joel Edgerton. Um, and I cannot remember the girl's name, but they are both in the show as well. And and I know that there's there's a there's a bunch of other people casting this that is is a very good cast i am just so excited for this show in particular i need this show to just i just want it to wreck me i want to get depressed every week when i watch this show <laughs> oh my gosh. i no, but really though i just want it to i want it to be an emotional uh I, I just feel like the 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 story is there for it to be just kind of an emotional character story and and we know it's just six episodes, and I believe that's all it is going to be. It's just the one season. And um, just the idea that we get to see what Obi-Wan is up to between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope and seeing um, – I, I imagine there's going to be a lot of reflecting going on and self, like self-reflection happening. And, um, and I, I just think there's so much emotional potential for this show um not to mention it's just obi-wan kenobi like i just want to see him do anything um cook food uh hunt um fight bad guys uh defend like guard luke skywalker from a distance like i'm just like i'm just all in for all of this show every bit of it and um anyway i could go on about it josh how are you feeling about this show uh, i mean ewan mcgregor is Obi-Wan Kenobi. And there is no when when I watch through the through the saga there's there's no there's nothing lost between for example Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. When we pick up in A New Hope and it's Alec Guinness, Obi-Wan played that the younger version of that character so well. Alec Guinness and Obi-Wan Kenobi embody that character exactly the same way and there's 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 nothing lost between those two performances even though there's they're different actors like it's like for me it's seamless you you know and it's so good 
it is so good that you are literally, without even realizing it, referring to Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi just then in your description. I just wanted to tell you, it's he is that good that he literally is Obi-Wan Kenobi in your mind because you didn't even realize you did it. <laughs> yeah, and, and so I, I'm looking forward to it. I know that, you know, I have seen, and most people are excited about it, and uh, I've, you know, some conversations that I've had from folks go, well, come on, he's just, you know, he's just hanging out at his house on a desert, you know, babysitting Luke from a from afar. And I, I kind of have to go, listen, there's a lot more creative potential there than you think. And there's no way that Obi-Wan Kenobi spent all that time just hanging out and doing essentially nothing that there's, there's no way that's the case. Um, and so I'm looking forward to exploring that. Um, I think that Hayden Christensen being back is going to blow people's minds because based upon even some concept art that I'm seeing, people are going to, to flip flip their lids over this over this show um and uh and i really cannot wait for it like like you said i think it's gonna really have the opportunity for some strong character moments and really for ewan mcgregor to to show his acting chops even more um and in in different possibly even stronger ways um and so, I mean, he sold it perfectly in the prequels too, but I think that um, this is an opportunity for him to kind of be the the focal point of a story, um, and this will be the first time that that's really been been the case. Yeah, man, I agree. What do you think, Drew? There's a there's a few things I'm really looking forward to in this show. Number one is. One of the last things, the last conversation Yoda and Obi-Wan had was that Yoda had further training for Obi-Wan. And that was to communicate with Qui-Gon, as he's a Force ghost at this point, and as far as we know, the first Jedi to achieve this. So he's passing on his training, and I believe that, you know, I'm a sucker, just as Michael is, and I believe Josh is as well, for things that further the lore and the mysticism of the force and star wars and this has the potential to be a just absolutely massive moment for people who are fans of seeing that and seeing that ability being learned and a huge huge emotional reunion of obi-wan and his beloved master and fan favorite qui-gon jen which you know is liam neeson going to reprise his role either by voice or as some sort of force ghost, that would be incredible. The second thing is directly related to the Qui-Gon conversation here. And that is, I would love to see a popular fan theory, one of my favorites, and it's not a wild, wacky theory, I promise. I'm going to get quick, guys. A very popular fan theory of how Luke got his green lightsaber when he made it on Tatooine in a deleted scene in Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. A popular theory is that he ventured to Obi-Wan's hut and rummaged through some things and found some designs and a certain green lightsaber that belonged to a certain Jedi master and was able to steal some design inspiration from that saber as well as a green kyber crystal. 
imagine if they just kind of plant the seed that Obi-Wan even had the saber and was kind of mulling it over and like maybe turns on Qui-Gon's saber at once, you know, once or they say something like, oh, you know, maybe someone else could use this one day. Maybe Luke could. I don't I don't know. I don't think they'd be that direct with it, but it would be cool to see him at least ignite his old sabers. I mean, his old master's saber. And then that's maybe when Qui-Gon appears, like it's a moment of frustration. He's given up his training and he lights the saber up and, you know, all of a sudden Qui-Gon's behind him. That'd be a really cool moment right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that, that would be awesome. I know I kind of rambled on that for a second, but that would be really cool to see. I think the sky's the limit for the show and this potential and what they can do and the stories they can tell. Uh, I know there's more than likely based on castings going to be some Clone Wars era flashbacks and most fans will just freak out over that and be happy. I will be too. I just don't want the show to camp in it too much. And I don't believe it will because I believe that we saw a young Leia cast, I believe. Yeah. So who's to say the show's not... I don't believe the show's going to be on Tatooine the entire time. Um, Obi-Wan could go on a variety of adventures and see different people and places. Uh, my excitement through Kenobi, for Kenobi is through the roof. It is the project I am most anticipating. And the emotion that uh, we're anticipating to be in this show are at a fever pitch. And I'm just thinking of some of these scores and the music that they're going to tie into the acting and the emotion with this show. It's going to be a top tier star Wars soundtrack. Do we know who's doing the score for it? I, I don't believe so. Uh, I I've at least, so either. I've at least not looked. I don't know if it's going to be uh, Ludwig or not. I mean, obviously he does incredible work. He has the full praise and support of the, you know, current TV developers. So we'll see. Yeah. I, I think just the the dramatic potential for Kenobi and Vader alone is is worth the worth the hype and excitement, and everything on top of that is kind of gravy, you know. For sure. Yeah, like literally, the uh, like. I, I was kind of half joking earlier when I just said it could be Ewan McGregor and then no one else and I would be happy. Like this show, I'm, I'm kind of serious though. This show could literally just be Obi-Wan Kenobi like alone for the entire time and it would just be this character like reflection the entire time and I would be totally okay with it and I would actually be down for it. And then any extra thing we get, any Qui-Gon stuff we get, cool. Any, uh, you know, any extra, like, force, learning to do Force Ghost stuff, cool. Uh, any Anakin stuff, cool. But ultimately, like, I am here for the character work in Obi-Wan. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's going to be so rich and deep. And so, like, and I think that's how I'm going to continue because I do think that's the best way to go to not be disappointed. <laughs> um, I think there, that people are going to probably wish for a whole bunch of things. And I think that they're going to be disappointed when they don't happen. Um, like, as cool as that Qui-Gon lightsaber theory is, I, I, I think it's probably not going to happen. But, I mean, look, it could. Uh, but I... I just, I just don't see it. I, they only have six episodes. And so for me, like, I just want them to tell a, a really tight story. That is a really uh, like emotionally rich story. And so the, I, I don't need too many cameos in this one. We're definitely getting some. 
that makes sense in the story. But um, look, if Liam Neeson shows up at any point, I will flip out. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But I'm just excited for just the fact that we have Kenobi coming. I just cannot believe it. So, um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, and I think that, you know, as far as Qui-Gon's appearance, they're either keeping that under wraps really, really well because Liam Neeson is not even named in the cast currently, or it may not be happening. We just don't, we just don't know. Uh, one thing that I will say, you know, I'm a fan of, you know, there are different kinds of fan service, right? And there's fan service that can seem very performative and shallow and hey look at this cool thing over here that we know you really like kind of fan service that doesn't really have a lot of meaning uh behind it but then there is meaningful fan service that that plays upon themes and character arcs that were already established and um builds those up further and i think it would be a huge missed opportunity a huge missed opportunity to not have um, a cameo from from Qui-Gon as a force ghost communing with Obi-Wan and giving him advice, trying to soothe um, him um, basically in his exile and helping him work through some of his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that that he's he's going to have. Um, I think it would just be a huge missed opportunity, and I know that a lot of fans are expecting it. And so this is one of those things where you know I would usually go add to heck with fan expectation. Fan expectation is the death of creativity, right? I would say that a lot. Uh, in this particular case, I think fan expectation for a Qui-Gon cameo is 100% valid. And, and I really hope it happens uh, because it would serve a, it would serve a purpose, a real purpose for the story. The final shot of the show, it can literally be a minute and a half scene. Like after everything's kind of came to an end and you think the credits are about to roll. Qui-Gon's force ghost pops up and I'm going to do a little Liam Neeson voice here and he says, remember Padawan, he is the chosen one. And we lose, and credits roll and everybody loses their mind, you know, because Obi-Wan is going to face a lot of self-doubt in this show and, you know, that's all he could need is that final push from his master reminding him that he is the chosen one, you know, he needs to, uh, you know, still focus on getting Luke on board to redeem Vader and now that would just be, it could just be that. They don't have to camp out even a partial episode, just a minute and a half would be good enough for me. But <laughs> that's really the only wild expectation I have. Other than that, I'm coming in. It's just, not wild, dude. Just, it just, makes just, a ton just of ready sense. Be, I'm just coming in ready to be just in love with the show. Yeah. I, and and Josh, I think you're totally spot on with that. There is, there's a difference in fan service for, for fan services sake. And like, and that's when I, when I talk, when I talk about my problems with episode five, the gunslinger Mandalorian, that is my big issue with it. It's like, Hey, remember that booth? That's where Han Solo sat whenever he shot first. You remember that, right? Like that's, 
that is all of that episode. It, it's just covered in that stuff. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. But if Qui-Gon Jinn shows up in this show, it will be, it will be something that is important to the character of Obi-Wan Kenobi and mm-hmm. the themes that he's going to be dealing with and the emotional journey. And, and also like a plot point that we, that a lot of people actually do want to see um, Obi-Wan go through the trials of, of learning to become one with the force beyond, you know, beyond death. Um, and, and I, I think that it makes a ton of sense, you know, going, coming from a meta approach, we know, Lee, I, I don't know if y'all know this, but I've, I, I saw Liam Neeson actually just didn't flat out deny that he's doing it. Who cares that de- denials happen all the time with stuff like this. And a lot of the times the denials are true, but um, Andrew Garfield also denied that he's in Spider-Man No Way Home. And I just think he probably is. <laughs> um, and I guess we'll see. He could still not be. But I'm just saying uh, crazier things have happened. And we could absolutely see Liam Neeson. It would make a ton of sense. Josh, I know you wanted to say something. Well, I was just saying that, you know, to to piggyback on what both of you were saying about you know, Qui-Gon being the first Jedi to learn the path to immortality, essentially, and to become a spirit that can live and talk with and commune uh, with others in the realm of the living, so to speak, um, has serious implications for for Obi-Wan and even what happens in A New Hope. And how and when he gives himself up to the force and we see Obi-Wan as a ghost in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. So this is just a it's such a rich storytelling opportunity to bring all of that together that I don't see how they would miss it. It just doesn't even seem plausible that they would miss that opportunity that's right there in front of them. Uh, it's just so obvious. It The story basically, at least along that particular line tells itself, you know, and, yeah. and it's just so yeah. simple and natural and easy. And that, in that regard. And I mean, the, the implications that this show is going to have for when we watch a new hope could end up being, cataclysmic actually uh it could be it could be redefining how we view obi-wan's role in in a new hope um which is going to bother some people (laughs) maybe you know like the old you know the original trilogy purists which i am not one of those um it's my favorite trilogy of the three skywalker trilogies but i don't consider myself a purist i think that stories and franchises evolve and additional material is added to bring deeper meaning to what has occurred and what is going on. And I'm very much open to going on that journey. And I don't have a lot of um, uh, sacred cows (laughs) in that regard. I just, I don't, I don't, uh, as long as they get the storytelling right and it's meaningful and it makes sense with what came before that is what 
that is what matters. I'm totally fine with having um, my expectations subverted a bit. I'm totally fine with them adding additional context and motivation to why uh, Obi-Wan decides to go after uh, Vader. And, you know, we have some of that context already just because of obviously what happens in episode three, what happens in Revenge of the Sith. But, um, you know, the Kenobi show is really going to bridge that gap for Obi-Wan between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. And I just cannot, I cannot talk enough about how um, how excited I am for that. I mean, that, that first trailer that comes out for that show, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to watch a million times and just keep replay, replaying it until until it actually comes out, you know, so. Oh, man. I, dude, I'm, I'm right with you. Well said all of that. Uh, we have to hurry up here and finish up these last couple of things. Um, Andor. Andor will be coming out probably, it could be before Kenobi, it could be after. Um, I'm not sure which order they're going to release those two, but it is finished filming. Um, th- th- we know that this is going to be 12 episodes, actually, which is really interesting. Um, so I'm expecting like Mando length episodes, most likely, and everybody's going to complain that too, that they're too short. Um, <laughs> but um, whatever. Uh, I... I am just I'm I'm really excited about this. This is not my most anticipated show by any means. Um probably not even my second, but it is like listen, whenever you have I talk about all the different flavors of Star Wars, you got the you got the Jedi, you got the Force, um you have the the emotional deep stuff like that. You got knee rockets and Boba Fett. <laughs> you got you got Din, uh the Mandalorian type stuff. Uh but then you also have Rebellion versus the Empire, boots on the ground, spy thriller type stuff. I am so here for that. It's not like I'm I'm so ready for that, too. And again, it's not my most anticipated show, but it doesn't I'm doesn't mean I'm not super excited for it. Uh, We know Diego Luna is that's his name, right? Diego Luna. He's coming back as Cassian Andor. Um, I am looking here for some, I mean, I guess it takes place before Rogue One, obviously, because they all die. Um, uh, But but then um, I'm guessing what we'll probably see, we could see some Rebels crossovers very easily um, in this. And um, I would be shocked if we didn't see, I mean... We, I, I think we could see some Harris and Dula. Drew, you know who I'm talking about. Um, yes, I do. <laughs> um, they even say the name General Sindula in Rogue One. I would just be really surprised if they didn't, if they, if we didn't see her. Um, on, she, she is yeah. mentioned in Rogue One. You hear her over the intercom. You also mm-hmm. see Chopper at one point in the film in the background mm-hmm. and the ghost. So, very, yeah. very possible. Yeah, it, it very much could happen. Um, and so Josh, we got to get you through rebels before, before Andor. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. I guess so. I was just thinking, Hey, I've seen rogue one, so I'm, I'm good to go, but apparently I'm not, apparently I am not good to go. <laughs> You're probably just fine. Uh, I, I still think you need to see it, but I do think they do a good job generally of like, even like, there's a lot of people who still really liked Bo-Katan. 
And I mean, did you, Josh, what was your view yeah. on Bo-Katan whenever she showed up in The Mandalorian? She was awesome. She was immediately a great character, in my opinion. I thought she was awesome. And and that that was, for me, that was a good way for people who aren't familiar with that character to be introduced to that character. Because now, when I go yeah. back and I see Bo-Katan in animated uh, form and watch those stories, it'll just inform what I've already, what I've already seen in the Mandalorian. And so, um, it, it'll work. Yeah. It'll work just fine that way, but that was a great way for them to introduce, uh, yeah. Bo-Katan. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, in Andor they'll have, um, I'm sure Mon Mothma will make an appearance. Um, I would not be surprised if, Bail Organa. I believe she's already been. I believe what's her name? Genevieve. Uh, Genevieve something. I can't remember her name, but I, I believe she's actually. But she was been cast, cast wasn't I, she? I could be wrong though. I believe you are correct. Yeah, and then yeah, I think she was. They do such a good job generally with with making sure you know it's definitely they want you to go watch the other stuff. But even if you haven't seen it, like you said with with Bo-Katan, she's not. You don't have to have seen the other stuff. Now, as someone who has seen it, I think I had a level of appreciation for it that maybe you couldn't possibly have quite had because I actually know more about the character. But I mean, they did a great job of making you uh, of making that character someone that you actually want to see in animation now. So. Um, I think right. I think that they they do a good job generally of let, of meeting people where they are and introducing characters um, in a way that you maybe you missed this show, but this is who this character is. And I think that's very important for them to do because they can't they can't just assume everyone's watched the animated shows. A very small percentage of people have actually watched those. But luckily, more and more people are watching them now. Um, which is great, you know, and yep. um, including myself, you know, I've, I've at least started the Clone Wars and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I hope to finish uh, sometime this century. And so at <laughs> any rate, uh, Andor, I'm really excited about it just because, uh, too, because um, Rogue One from just a pure aesthetics standpoint captures the visual look and feel of the original trilogy so very well. And I, and I'm, and I'm looking forward to kind of getting back into that era and just that gritty lived in, uh, feel of that, of that particular era in star Wars is just distinct and it, it'll obviously have more espionage and, um, you know, military ops, and I think it's going to be great, and I think it's going to surprise people. I think it's going to surprise people how good it is. Jason Bourne in space. Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> I mean that's what I'm talking about, Drew. What are you? Uh, what do you I'll, think? What are your thoughts on the show? Do you have anything you want to see? Yeah, I mean, it's my. I just did a quick ranking in my head. You know me with rankings. So be proud of me. I did them this quick. Currently, it is, I'd say, roughed in around the number five slot, maybe tied with number four um, with Acolyte sitting in that fourth slot just of the future upcoming stuff. And that's no means a bad thing for it to be back that far because I am so excited about it. Um, Josh, you hit the nail on the head with talking about the aesthetic and the look and feel of the original trilogy that they had captured. 
so perfectly in Rogue One. Uh, one thing was like the actor's mustaches and kind of just the feel of everything. It was perfect. And uh, if we get even a glimpse or a taste of that in Andor, it's going to be incredible. But the espionage stuff, the spy, the you know the stealth ops, all those things, that's going to be some really, really cool stuff to see uh, on this show. And I'm very excited for it. You could see very well. I think not could see, you will, I believe, see some Rebels tie-ins. But to go off what you all said, I appreciated the character of Saw Gerrera in Rogue One before seeing the shows. My father was the same. He's never seen any of the cartoons, probably won't. He's too busy and you know, it's cartoons. Oh, he, he might not carry a poor gullet. We'll find the truth. <laughs> but he thought that was a pretty cool character. And then, you know, nice. I go back and I watch Rebels and Clone Wars. And then after... <laughs> That scene was crazy in the theater. I was like, what is happening here? But it was it stands out because Oh my gosh, of that, that is when Star Wars got super weird and I was just so I was so all about it. I cannot even begin to tell you. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it w- that was super weird. And that's a great that's a great point, Drew. Like that Saw Guerrero was absolutely a character that had been introduced in the Clone Wars and in Rebels. And I had no idea when I saw Rogue One. I didn't know. I didn't know that. I was just yeah. like, who's this weird guy? Okay, cool. I liked him. I liked him as a character. I accepted him as who he was. And uh, does not hurt when Forrest Whitaker is playing him either. Um, and so really great example of another another character who they brought in you know, from the shows. But they made sure that we understood from a movie perspective or from a perspective of someone who hasn't seen the show, who is this character? They do a good job with that generally. So I, th- I know they will. Um, what last thing we got to talk about and then we, and then we got to get off of here. The Mandalorian season three is in production. And um, look, there's also the bad batch. We really can't talk about the bad batch too much because that's animated. And then also we just watched, season one of the bad batch, but we are getting season two already of the bad batch in 2022. Um, uh, so Josh, you totally have time to catch up. <laughs> um, but, uh, I'm guys, the Mandalorian, you know, this is going to be a really interesting season because we have the, the Din and Grogu storyline is, you know, at least for now it's wrapped up, you know, at least this part of the story. I don't know what, I don't know where Grogu goes from here. Is he going to be in a different show going forward? Is he going to be in Mando going forward later? We don't really know, but it does kind of seem like with the, the dark saber stuff, you know, Din currently has that. He currently has the dark saber and there seemed to be this tension between he and Bo-Katan at the end there. And I just, you know, I think there's going to be something there with um, the leadership uh, you know, hint like s- somebody embracing the leadership of Mandalore and going to free free Mandalore from whatever oppression they're under, or or what or save whoever's left. I don't even know what the plan is like at this point, uh, but I do really get it a sense that I feel like we're going to Mandalore in season three, and I am very very excited. Um, and uh, honestly, Josh, you'll see with the animated shows, some of the best story arcs in the Clone Wars and Rebels are Mandalore centric arcs. And you really learn a lot about them. It's it's very it's a very interesting, like political climate. And um, and it's it's kind of a 
uh, from what I understand, I haven't seen Game of Thrones, but what I understand is it, it is a like family and factions kind of a um, uh, kind of a society and uh, clans and stuff like that. And it, it's it's very honor based and um, it's it's very it's a very interesting place. And I'm very excited to see them dive into that. Plus, we do have I can't get out of my mind the armorer. Um Mm-hmm. from season one we didn't see her at all in season two i don't think but i think that character still has something to do with this show going forward um and i think that there could be something with her and and din jaren like some sort of conflict between those two because he is now seeing that you can that that mandalorians can be mandalorian without always wearing their helmets and um it, it you don't have to be a um what's the word I'm looking for? You, you don't have to be, it's not a, like a strict religion thing. It is, it, it's not, it doesn't have to be that. Um, that's something that was made up later. And so, um, and, and clearly this armor does not believe that. So I'm very curious how they're going to deal with that and, it, or if they're going to, but um, I'm very excited. I, I'm really excited. I'm going to miss Grogu. But uh, Drew, what do you think of what do you think of uh, any thoughts on Mandalorian season three or expectations? Uh, expectations. I'm I'm trying to keep them clear right now. However, I do think the logical approach going forward will be a Mandalore as far as the planet centric uh, storyline for season three. Um, and not only is it logical, but I think it would be the best decision as far as storytelling because. There are some, as you said, from the animated stuff, some great stories that come from Mandalore. Some of the best stuff. And it would be great to see maybe a little resolution with the the history of Mandalore and maybe how it fits into Star Wars going forward. And because I typed it in all caps in the little chat box here, it would be the absolute perfect opportunity to start planting the seeds for some old Republic era tie-ins because the culture and planet of Mandalore is heavily, 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 heavily tied into the old Republic era and all that good stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I can save that for later, but there's some great stuff going forward, and I do believe that will be the logical approach. Grogu will be missed heavily. I'm interested to see how they write Cara Dune off the show in a feasible manner, yeah. or if they're just going to act like she just uh, went on her own way, whatever, is doing stuff with the New Republic. We don't have to, we don't have to worry about the New Republic because we're worried about Mandalore. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. It's going to be interesting, but... My anticipation for that is also incredibly high. Uh, I can't add a whole lot to what has already been said. I think it's pretty obvious where the main story is going. Whether we take a few detours here or there throughout the season is a is another question, and we very well may. You know, there may be some some episodes that kind of detour in a you know in a few different directions. Whether it's um, you know, catching up on what's going on with Grogu, maybe training with Luke Skywalker. Hmm. Uh, possibly, maybe, maybe that would be, uh, <laughs> that would be pretty sweet. I have to say. Um, but my expectations are, you know, I, I'm just, I'm kind of wide open when it comes to season three and the possibilities for it. Honestly, um, season two ended on such a high note it it resolved that main storyline, as you said, with uh, Mandalorian and Grogu, at least for all practical purposes. And now um, season three can just go in a completely different direction and 
and we get to find out the the fate of the dark saber and who who gets to uh wield it perhaps permanently and uh and as you said that tension between din and bo katan and uh you know she's pretty radical i i, I can tell she's pretty she's pretty radical <laughs> you know uh she has an agenda and um, I'm sure I will find out more about what could be underneath that particular agenda when I watch the Clone Wars. And and uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to to learning more about that character in particular. But I'm excited. I'm excited about season three. Um, you know, it's going to be a good while before we get there because they just went into production. So it could be, you know, it could be a several 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 months before we get to it but we've got a lot of great content before then to to hold us over and so um, i'm looking forward to it and it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do with the mandalorian after season three if they think that hey season three does exactly what we need it to do and we end on a high note and we have three very strong seasons of the Mandalorian and we don't let it wear out its welcome potentially, or is there going to be enough content and enough inertia for what's coming in season three to be able to expand it meaningfully into another season after that? That's another thing that I'm, I'm the most interested in seeing because there's no reason, especially with these stories, in my opinion, to just, artificially prolong the series right there's no reason to do that and um you know better to end on a high note than to just keep it going for the sake of uh, fan service yeah i totally agree i it it all depends on the story they have to tell and obviously we we don't really know <laughs> until we see it but um either way Super pumped for that show. I The Mandalorian is just so good. It, it, I love. I guarantee you, Josh. You mentioned something about there probably there there may there may be we don't know, but there may be like some you know detours and stuff they're taking. I'll just tell you right now, they will. It's that's the way they tell stories with the Mandalorian. It's side quest heavy. It is episodic serial adventures. I love it for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Don't ever change Mandalorian. Um, and so, you know, you can tell different story styles with other shows. I love that they tell this in The Mandalorian in this way. I know some people disagree with me. That's fine. But I am happy with it this way. Uh, but anyway, that'll do it, you guys. Um, there's there's a lot of Star Wars stuff coming forward. And guys, we just talked about a bunch of stuff. There's still, like five other shows that have been announced that are coming out the next year. <laughs> and we didn't even touch on those at all. And so I know it plus the bad batch. And it, it's, it's pretty crazy, man. We live in a crazy time <laughs> between that and all the MCU shows we're getting. It's, it's, it's crazy really. Um, but uh, it's a great time to be a star Wars fan. I can tell you that right now It's a great time to be a star Wars fan. Uh, guys, if you are still, if you're still listening uh, make sure you go down and check out the links below the the link below uh, to well they're not links but just check out below uh, the description it is our social media accounts we are on Instagram we're on Twitter and we do have a Facebook group as well certain point of view discussion group 
Um, and check out uh, Josh is an admin in the group, but he's also an admin in the Outer Rim Facebook group. So go ahead and check that out as well. Um, it's a awesome group, just like ours, except not as cool. I'm just kidding. It's cool. Um, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I guys, thank you so much for joining us, Josh, Drew. Thank you for joining me. It is great to have you both back. I feel like we haven't gotten to Josh. I get you for two episodes in a row. Drew, I get you unexpectedly today because you were uh, you were able to, and I didn't think you would be able to. It, it sounds Miracle like Drew happens. may. Okay. It sounds like Drew may even have a uh, have one last thing to share. In fact, before we sign off here, so thirty seconds tops, guys. As far as the video game corner of the podcast is concerned, um, it has been delayed many times, but it does appear that Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga will finally be available in the year 2022. So we have that to look forward to, as well as maybe some future announcements from Lucasfilm Games and whatever EA is going to be doing going forward with Star Wars. So we also have that. So there's the tiny snippet from Video Game Corner. Well, dude, I'll tell you this. Oh, go ahead. Well, I just have to say, too, that people people who haven't played any of the Lego Star Wars games probably think that the rest of us are crazy. But... Um, I have Lego The Force Awakens, and it is quite simply one of the most fun games I've ever I've ever played. And me and my son play it together, and we just have a blast playing it together because it's accessible, but it's still challenging, and I can play it with my nine-year-old son, and we just have a blast. And so for me to be able to introduce, because um, he hasn't yet seen all of the Star Wars movies, he's seen some of them, uh, but uh, I will be able to introduce the Skywalker story through, uh, you know, this game to him more. And then uh, I'm just kind of introducing it to him in different in different ways and different pieces. But I could not. Be, I'm really excited about the Lego uh, Skywalker saga game. It's going to be a massive, massive adventure. And uh, Michael, I know you don't play a lot of video games, but. These are so fun, and the humor is just, <laughs> it's great. It's great. I mean, the humor in these games. It's It's unique, and it's great, and it's, it, 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 it falls into self-parody. It really does, but in a really delightful, in a really delightful, amusing way, in my opinion. So, um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it a whole lot, and uh, and whatever else they, you know, they may have Jedi Fallen Order two, you know, coming out. Who knows what else they'll announce? But uh, yeah, Drew got me all excited about games, so now I'm taking up time. Go figure. <laughs> Oops. Well, I, I'll tell you what. You guys are gonna get me playing Star Wars games before long because I honestly I'm just really bad at gaming and committing to it, but. I'm also never going to doubt a Lego thing again after the Lego movie. I just will never doubt it again. Like if you tell me the Lego video game is awesome, I believe it on face value. I just believe that you're right because the Lego movies and the Batman Lego movie, Lego Batman, they were both incredible movies. I just cannot, but it's one of my favorite Batman movies. Like literally, I'm not even kidding about that. That it really is one of my favorite Batman movies. And I, you know, as far as video games go, I just, I, I can totally see how they'd be awesome and fun. 
So I'm in. I mean, what what system are they on? I think it'll be on just about everything because they okay. do want it accessible. I'm sure it'll be on Switch and all the other major consoles and PC. So whatever you got going on, it'll it'll if probably. If it's on a Switch, there. I'll be able to do that. That's that'd be that'd be great. Um, but yeah, the, and one more thing to say re- regarding video games, we do have. Um, Somewhere down the line, we will be doing a video game. At least it will, we will be doing it periodic, uh, periodic video game episodes because we have some video game people on this podcast. I'm not one of them, but I know a lot of people really care about Star Wars video games, and um, we're gonna do some. We're gonna do some episodes that are that are that uh, you know video game related. So um, I, I don't know when yet, but that will be happening. Um, and I'm, I'm excited for that. And so I just wanted to let y'all know that cause Drew brought up the video game stuff. So, uh, so yeah. All right, you guys. So until next time, that'll be it. May the force be with you always. Always.